Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your new host, Randy Ruther. And folks, they did it. Saturday, Randy got his who day. <laughs> Randy got his fucking who day. And we got to send the text. We got to send the text Saturday. We'll talk more about that later. But right now, let me bring in my co-host. Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Randy. <laughs> it's lit. It's lit. Are we are we letting our guest into the show immediately, or are we making him sit while we discuss your, your victory? Let's get him in here. Let's get him in here. Folks, from the AFC North Championship Town, the beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio, Please welcome today's guest, Andy Ruther. <laughs> Good to be on the show, guys. I'm honored to be a part of this glorious day for Randy Ruther. You already got the R back behind you for Randy. I love it. The uh, the Randy Ruther uh, saga has has really taken over. There's, I mean, we got a lot of who days on Saturday. We got the Reddit was it. like, I can't wait to hear Randy. Uh, so Randy, like, is this, are we unveiling? I mean, we're, we're presenting you, uh, on the, you're on the YouTube right now. People can see your backdrop, multiple Joe Burrow jerseys. Uh, uh, I think is that multiple Bengal scarfs scarfs and I got scarves. my Mountain Dew and a cup. It's Mountain Dew and a Bengals cup, <laughs> the, the tiger drapes. And of course the, the famous TJ Hushmanzada pro bowl Jersey. Now we were just talking about that. You, you know, I saw that and I just thought, wow, spending, you know, that money on a Chinese replica of a TJ Hushmanzada Pro Bowl jersey. But you're telling me that is a legit jersey, right? Oh, this is a legit one. The, this Burrow jersey, the green one you see, that's from a Chinese website I got for 25 bucks. Right. But um, the jersey was from a bar in Cincinnati that went under. So they were selling all their jerseys that have been that have been framed for like the past 10 years. And I mean, you're not not going to buy a TJ Hushmanzada Pro Bowl jersey. <laughs> TJ himself has liked pictures of this jersey. I love it. <clears throat> yeah. So the bar came out of a frame that was I'm sorry, the, the jersey came out of a frame that was in the bar. Yeah. That's that's epic. I really in, is. Like, this jersey's in amazing shape, actually. Like. Now we've what the question I started to answer before I or asked before I got distracted by the TJ Hushmanzada authentic jersey is today the day that we find out who Batman is that we find out who Spider Man is it a lot is. of people, a lot of people say uh, if you watch the Batman movies that uh, Bruce Wayne actually thinks that he is Batman and that his fake self is Bruce Wayne at this point. 
is Randy Ruther your real personality or are you pretending? It, it, to I be turned Randy? into Randy Ruther somehow. <laughs> I, mean, I, I live that Randy lifestyle now. Now, what was crazy is in the beginning of the season, you guys talked about me as Justin Wood. You're like, yeah, Justin's out in Arizona now. He's having fun talking about my Bengal fanship. And then one night I was just like, you know, owed to one of Andy's old Twitter accounts. I made Randy Ruther and put the mustache on him. And then, <laughs> dude, I hate Twitter. And but with Randy, it's like, all I get is dirt balls and bangle news. And I was like, this is the best Twitter account ever. Like I've deleted like three Twitter accounts because I'm like, it just gets too political and is too stupid on Twitter. And just with the demographic I have on my timeline now, just dirt balls and bangles news. I spend more time on Twitter than I ever have. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, I love it. You, you found a niche. And, And while we're doing this, I got to own up to it. I'll put on Everybody, the L chain. Everybody's dressing up. There today. it is. <laughs> Big fat, that, that L train, that L train. I mean, how many times do you worn the L chain at this point? Thank God it's in Cincinnati and not in Los Angeles. Uh, well, we got, we got to dive in then. I mean, there's so, so, so much football to talk today, but. We did get the we did get the uh, alert before the show that Randy would only be joining us for the Bengals uh, talk. So we get we have to dive into certainly the biggest game of the weekend in regards to this podcast. Me, yeah. an outsider, kind of I wouldn't say I'm a low key Raiders fan, but I always I've always rooted, uh, you know, loosely for the Raiders. Uh, this weekend I was. Truly, I can honestly say torn because I was rooting for a really good game. But then I was like, man, the Bengals winning so good for the show. The Raiders, you know, you kind of want to see them overcome everything that they went through this year. I mean, the the list of things we saw from this season. Um, and it was a good game. But in the end, the Bengals did what Andy Ruther deemed the unthinkable. The unimaginable. They won a playoff game. And Andy, you're wearing the L chain. So you, you're almost saying it without saying it. But this Bengals team is different. Well, <laughs> I'll start by saying I was wrong. I was wrong. They won a playoff game while Mike Brown is alive. And that was always my claim. They will never win a playoff game as Mike Brown is breathing on this earth. So they won. So I was wrong. They, they, Closed it out, which that's that's what they have not been able to do. Second down, the nine-yard line. So they have three chances for the Raiders to get into the end zone. I'm sure Randy Ruther was on edge, like a lot of Bengals fans, because we all know if they get in the end zone, this goes into overtime. I'm just going to say it. No way the Bengals win that game, just because I think history just ekes uh, right back in. But, hey, they made the plays when they had to. I'll give credit to the Bengals. It was a hard-fought game a sloppy game. The officials officials were terrible for both sides. Hence, they are not working. I don't know if you saw guys saw us. They are not working any yeah. more playoff games. So they made bad calls on both sides. And uh, I definitely want to loop back to the inadvertent whistle, but let's talk about the yeah. game uh, itself. Randy, what was your, I want to know where, where did you watch it? What was your reaction? I mean, you, uh, you're a big LeBron stan like myself. Um, yeah. You're not much of a baseball guy, really. 
the Bengals by far, even more so than your Ohio State fandom, probably the yeah. biggest, easily yeah. the biggest sport in your life. Big time. Uh, dude, I watched it by myself at the here at the house. I didn't want to go out in public. It was just one of those like because I knew the dude, I've texted Andy multiple times this week. Like Randy Ruth, the persona side, I was like, this has all the ingredients to a Bengals meltdown. And honestly, this one would have hurt the most, I think, out of all of them, just because the Bengals should have won this game, and it was the home game, and it was just, I don't know. But I watched it here. Uh, I started out, like, it was a roller coaster. Like, first quarter, first half, I was dancing around, like, we got this, we got this. And then I'll be damned if in the fourth quarter, once Jacob started getting hot, and then it was – Dude, I started getting 2015 flashbacks from that Steelers game, especially, like like you said, bad calls on both sides. But that uh, roughing the passer foul where he, like, barely touched him. And I was, like, just – I just saw, like, there's that Vontez hit again. Like, that same energy came back over me. And then I'll be honest, man, I sent Joe a picture. After that whistle blew, dude, I, I cried. I was on the ground crying. And then my fiance starts crying because I'm crying. And I mean, she's crying that the man she's going to marry is crying over yeah, a tiger over a football, football team. But I have no, that <laughs> I have wearing, absolutely nothing to do with the outcome. He's wearing of that tiger game. stripes and a TJ Hushmanzada jersey, and he's he's wailing like a baby. She's like, "This is my husband." I want to say I was wailing, but definitely <laughs> teary-eyed. Were you drinking during the game? Yeah, and I haven't been drinking this month, so that hit me too. So it's funny, both of us watched it solo. So my brother invited me over, and I said the same thing. I said he's got a four year old, and I said, "No, man, my nephew's going to be yeah. jumping all over." Like I want to focus on this game. Yeah, and uh, same thing. I had other buddies ask me what I was doing. I said, "I'm just going to watch it at the house." And uh, it, I'll tell you what, it, it was an enjoyable, even though it was like I said, sloppy from an officiating standpoint. It was an enjoyable game. Joe, you'd agree, right? Yes. I, I thought it was I thought it was a fun game for sure. And um, <clears throat> you know, the scoring got opened early and when when the Bengals went up 20 to 6. Yeah. That early you were like, oh, but at the same time, I knew the Raiders had fight in them. The Raiders, like, dude, I think Derek Carr and, and you know, I know in the loss, a lot of people like kind of shitting on him weirdly at the end i think yeah. he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league dude i really like Derek carr i mean you know uh, you know me like my my like for players is really i i and i was thinking about this the other day and it, it, it's the same thing with, when we're talking about lebron or kobe or russell wilson or eli manning or any of the people i think i think my passion about arguing in favor or against players is is how they're perceived versus how I think that they are. I just think Derek Carr is underrated, man. He has been getting the job. I know like he hasn't won a playoff game and we that's that's obviously a bar that is important, but like he's been on the fucking Raiders. And yeah. like you look at a team like this throughout the whole year, all the shit that they went through, like when they were down 26, I was like Derek Carr is going to make some plays in this game and get them back in it. And he fucking did. I mean, some of those throws Wow, those he big, did big third downs to Waller. 
Um, coach of coaching wise, like I didn't think they did him any help. Renfro seems unguardable at times, and yet they don't throw him the ball enough. It's like on anything when you need five yards or less, I would go to Renfro from the slot in the out. Like every time it seems unguardable, they didn't do themselves any favor. He was like chipping a lot on their big plays. And I know obviously they're trying to protect, but um, I mean, they're receiving core. I mean, Waller's good and Renfro's good. Their receiving core is decent, but I think Carr does a lot with, with what he's got. I just thought it was a great game. Super fun. Uh, we could talk about that play. Um, the inadvertent whistle. I don't really, you know, I think everybody kind of agrees. It didn't really probably change the outcome of the play, but you can't say you didn't see guys pull up when they heard the whistle. I think the guy was pretty open. I think he, you know, it probably doesn't matter. The thing that really bothers me about it is more of the overall NFL. um, And honestly, this kind of goes across sports at this point, like the egregious, referee refusing to admit they're wrong. It's like you're a human being who blew the whistle during the play. You have to just own it. Yeah. And and the idea that they would say and that the NFL would allow them to say the whistle happened after the play was over, like like the five million people who watch the game live or whatever the fucking number is don't have ears. Like, are yeah. you fucking kidding? Dude, yeah. the whistle was in the middle of the play. Everybody fucking saw it. How, like, as a human being, to just be like, no, I didn't do that. Like, whoever the guy is who blew that whistle during that play, you have to just get together with the crew and be like, yo, I accidentally blew the fucking whistle. I yeah. fucked up. Own it. Yeah, that's I, I agree with you. It, look, it was a great play by Burrow. He clearly was in bounds and got guys stopped, but... You know, Higgins was also was that Higgins or Boyd, Justin Boyd Boyd was wide open. Yeah. But 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 I'll, I'll read quickly the tweets that night from uh, Tom Pelissero. You know, so according to rule seven, section two, as we know, when official sounds his whistle erroneously while the ball is still in play, the ball becomes dead immediately. So you have to replay the down and. The NFL, I don't know if you guys noticed, they purposely were not commenting on it and they were letting NBC rules expert Terry McCauley do it who said the yeah. same thing. And uh, the last thing is, despite all video and audio evidence, officials told the NFL they felt the whistle came after the receiver caught the ball. So that's after them reviewing it. But, and then, but then the other thing is, the other thing is, like, think about every touchdown that you've ever heard. Like, is there a whistle blown after a guy scores a touchdown? Like, I feel like it's, yeah. like, do we even hear a whistle? Yeah, you, you like maybe like uh, seconds later after the guy gets in, the play's over. But like, you never hear like touchdown, immediate whistle, like the play's dead. It's like the idea that you would even argue that that whistle was properly timed is insanity. And I tweeted it when it was happening because it didn't seem like they reviewed it at all, and right. no one was talking about it. Well, they, they just wasn't mentioning. I was like. I, I tweeted, I was like, am I crazy or did a fucking whistle happen in the middle of that play? Well, that's what I thought watching it and especially watching it by myself. And then the same thing happened later. A big Bengals play got negated on that big sideline pass with the timeout. And they, they're meeting forever. And I'm, and I'm thinking, what, what are you meeting for? Either 
either the Raiders called the timeout or they didn't, and the Bengals got a big play, and then they give it to the Raiders. It's it's almost like a makeup call, so to speak. Yeah, it's it, it just and the and listen, I understand <clears throat> having rules that say these things are reviewable and these things are not reviewable, right? So that's that's one thing, but you don't need to review whether or not a whistle was blown in the middle of a play because a referee on your crew blew that fucking whistle and he knows he did it. So what, like the idea that we're just going to be a five-year-old and pretend you didn't do something, spill fucking soda in the living room and then be like, I don't know who did that. It's like, you're sitting in a pile of soda, kid. You fucking spilled the soda. Like, no, I didn't. It must've been the fucking dog. Like, bro, you blew a whistle in the middle of play. Be a man and own that shit. And just fucking like I, it, it sucks because why are we talking about this? Because the guy just couldn't own it. The game probably doesn't change either way. You replay the fucking down. Who cares? Yeah. But yeah. just just be a man and own it. This idea that this is exactly what happened with the pass interference rule. They, they implemented it and then they got rid of it because essentially referees, even when they have crystal clear video evidence, they blew a call. They refuse to say they did. Right. It's gross. Now, now, Justin, I or, or Randy, I don't even know what to address you. Well, I'll my boat today. <laughs> you, you had to be happy, and and I'll say, you know, obviously we know how good Burrow is, but it was his first playoff game. He came out slinging. He had a great start. Led them right down to a drive. T- to me, that was like, if I'm a Bengals fan, like that's my big takeaway is that yeah. he didn't turn the ball over. He came out hot. Now he cooled down in the second half, which we knew again. I think we all knew the Raiders were going to make a push and they were yeah. going to adjust somewhat defensively. But you got to be loving that, Bro, considering from, right no experience in playoffs. Yeah, the thing that I am thrilled with, I think we talked about it. Like he was like leading the league in interceptions there for a while. Kid hasn't thrown one in like five weeks now. Like he's 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 different. That's all. That's this guy. Prano, when you were out here, we were talking to the dirt balls after the show at House of Comedy. And the question came up like, would you take Joe Burrow now over Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer when they're in their primes? And I mean, yeah. I mean, that's not a question. Yeah. You have to now. But like, this was like, you know, six, seven weeks ago. And that, that's like, a that's a question for delusional Bengals fans who still have love in their heart for fucking those dipshits it's like <laughs> dude i would take joe burrow fucking i would take joe burrow right now playing lefty over at least over andy dalton yeah yeah and i'm not and you know me i'm not an andy dalton hater i'm a, i'm more of a carson palmer hater than an andy dalton hater yeah or, or more of a I, I would say more of a carson palmer truther again it, it's the same thing for me it's like the way people perceive the great thing is if you're a bengals fan you have one of those guys where no one can really argue the perception and the reality. Like Joe Burrow right. is fucking legit and he's your quarterback of the future. You know, obviously God willing, all things, yeah. you know, the willing, all things uh, are, are good with yeah. him health wise forever. But dude, I mean, that's w- when I look at this weekend, when I look at the NFL in general, like it's, it's the most, the single most important thing, honestly, mean you your quarterback situation at this point is the single most important thing and the Bengals now have theirs 
cinched up for, yeah. you know, at least a decade. Right. And we were talking about it earlier and, you know, the Bengal fan in me, when I look at Derek Carr, I was reminded of Carson Palmer in like 2006, like mm -hmm. when he didn't have like all the shit that was going around, like the Bengals were in and out of trouble all the time back in those days. And Palmer was like always like tried to be level headed until finally he was just like, fuck, I'm not, I want to play, but I don't want to play with this team. So I'll go retire or whatever. And I look at Derek Carr and I look at the shit that's been going on around him. I'm like, is this like, there's a lot of similarities. Like he's a great quarterback, but the Raiders are doing him no favors with yeah. the off the field stuff and coaching stuff. And so I don't know. Well, I feel, I feel bad for him. I, I do want to play a call. I mean, we get, we got to get some Andy Ruther hate in here. So, yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, say, yeah, come we, on. Gotta, we also got to talk. I mean, the, the Ruther curse at this point, dude, you got to like, you got to get on cameo or you got to get on eBay or something. Like that. I mean, you got to start using your powers for fucking good. Like, dude, uh, this is insane. You're like, I, 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 what percent? I mean, Joe, I would say Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and then the Andy Ruther curse in order of, who broke this 31 year old streak. I mean, all you have to do is essentially give up on a team and, and they, they re well, their entire well, hold, hold on a second. To be fair, you know, I was right for a good six, seven years now. Yeah. Now also, I would argue that, you know, it's all part of the process. You got to be down bad just to get the first overall pick to get the Joe Burrow. Hey, I would I did, say, I would say the process worked perfectly. I did predict last year. Spot on. Chiefs, Bucks, Bucks win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, like, th th there are kinks in the uh, in, in in the Ruther curse, and, and and my my Bills, Bucks is still alive right now. Yeah, I, I mean, but predictions the the predictions on a game to game are one thing, but when you really dig in and you're like, listen, this is the thing, like it almost fucking happens like without fail at this point. <laughs> yeah, I have powers. Well. <laughs> We we also have gloating dirt balls that want to uh, let me hear it, and it's only fair that that I play this call. Suck it, Ruther. The Cincinnati Bengals have won their first playoff game in 31 years. You've been insufferable this entire year about the Bengals, and I know you came around a little bit throughout the season. But let's be honest, you always framed your compliments with, "But they still won't win a playoff game." This is so glorious. I'm a Steelers fan, but I want the Bengals to win this game so wow. badly just for you to shove it. And for the purposes of the show, it's fantastic. And uh, you got to take the L on this one, buddy. And uh, on Thursday's show, you had an all-time hedge, all-time hedge. You take the Bengals to win, and you say you're predicting them to win. But if, when they do win, you're like, oh, I told you so. But if they would have lost, you would have been all over them. So – Nice little hedge there. I noticed. I don't know if the other dirt balls did, but uh, anyway, oh, condoms missed. are for Andy Ruther. Condoms are for Andy Ruther. Did you ever think you'd hear it <laughs> on your man. own show? This man comes into your own living room, throws a stack of condoms on the table. These are for you. Put one of these on, dog. Play it, hey, play it safe this weekend. Hey, look, you, you know it's 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 all fair game. I I, I was obviously a so Steelers fan. Look at what you've done. You've converted <laughs> people, an, 
an enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, I mean, I I said they wouldn't, and and they did. But I do want to address the the prediction. Look, I I, I got to be fluid. I got to be able to, guys. You don't. I know we always say this. You, you, do you want to skip Bayless or do you want me my honest opinion? My honest opinion was I thought they were going to win the game. I I had changed. Sure, just like my honest opinion going into next week for them, I give them about a forty percent chance to win. I think the Titans win, but I wouldn't be shocked. Justin and I talked about it before the show. It, this is the best matchup for the Bengals, I would 100%. argue. 100%. I mean, you know, it's it seems crazy to say that you want the team on the bye, especially in the in the recent history in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Histor- the recent history says that team with the one seed, that team with the one, two seed when they were still doing two buys, it's tough to beat that first game out, especially um, the, the chances of those teams going to the conference championship and to the Super Bowl has been very good as of late. Um, but with the way the Bills played and the way the Chiefs played, and honestly, even in terms of, I, I don't think the Bengals for sure, but even the Titans, I don't think anybody's looking forward, but you definitely are like, well, let those teams fucking do that for a week yeah. and we'll have our own game and see what comes out of it. You gotta, you gotta want, honestly, I think it's probably the matchup the Bengals want, and it's probably the matchup the Titans want. You know, I don't think the Titans oh, want sure. any business, any part of the Chiefs and fucking Bills either. Yeah. So the line, just so everybody knows, the line even before the games were played uh, yesterday, the the Fanduel's the Fanduel line was Bengals at Bills. They were minus six and a half. Bengals at Titans minus two and a half. I mean, I mean, the line was there. Now it's moved a little. The Bengals are three and a half dogs. But let's not forget. It's really not that far. Nashville's like four hours from here. Yeah, it's 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 a close drive. Now, you might have Henry back. You got a decimated Bengals defensive line, but I agree with you. I, I mean, I give the Bengals a really good shot at winning that game. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, just to make Justin feel better about his chances, my I do my manager runs uh, a playoff bracket every year, so I've got my. I've got my entries into the playoff bracket. My mom has an entry. My nephew has an entry. Uh, my nephew is 10. Last year, he came in second place. I was just like, this kid <laughs> no, this kid is like, loves football. Shout out to my nephew, Michael Thomas Prano Jr., a.k.a. Deuce. Um, Dad will have to play this clip for him. He's actually appeared on the show at one point. Uh, but he, of the three entries we have, He's the only one who's got all the games so far picked correctly. And he picked the Bengals to play the Titans next week, obviously. And he picked the Bengals to beat the Titans. And then I was like, I was like, oh, bro, you got the (laughs) Bengals to beat the Titans. He's like, yeah. And so then we keep filling out. He has the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. I was just like, bro. Randy Randy Ruther is going to be very excited. About well, if that. that happens, I'm out a thousand dollars because I made another bet before the Bengals game. <laughs> so now, what, take us through the financial repercussions of this Bengals win and your, you know, investment in it going forward. Well, first of all, I know there's another dirt ball I made a hundred dollar bet with. I was trying to find in my DMs. Everybody's been paid up. Do I owe you anything or, or was it coming on this show? Just coming on the show. Okay. I, w- I wasn't sure. So everybody else is paid up. Um, friends, family, Goldberg, everybody's paid up. I know that <laughs> I know there's another. Yeah. Yeah. Goldberg what a weekend got, for Goldberg. He got a hundred off me and 50 off my brother. 
he 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 wins money off you. His football team thrashes the Eagles, and but he's a Pats uh, you know. guy. Oh, is he? I don't know. You, you you don't hear much. You don't hear a lot of uh, Maddie Goldberg on the Pats on Twitter these days. Well, well, regardless, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's another dirtball out there who I owe 100 bucks to. So please DM me. I, I tried to go through my DMs on Instagram and I couldn't find them. So I so I think as of now I've been out 600 bucks. Boom. You got now, burrowed. Now now <laughs> now I made another bet. I was telling I was telling Randy Ruther about I just, this one. I I want to see you doling out money as the icky shuffle. Paying this guy, paying this guy. So this bet was before the Bengals game. This was uh, from one of my brother's lifelong friends. My brother also made this bet. It's $1,000, but it's twofold. Joe Burrow will win a Super Bowl. To me, that's not a crazy one at this point. But he will win oh, it. Was, he will win. Andy, look, at where, look at what Joe Burrow's done. To, the, he has I still think it's crazy. Andy from a, well, a huh, block huh, of I, I, marble I should, into it, a... It, it's not as crazy as it was, but he has to win it with Zach Taylor. Okay. So that's the bet twofold. What? So, okay. So the bet is just a thousand dollars straight up that straight Joe up. Burrow wins a Super Bowl with Zach Taylor on the Bengals, obviously. Correct. Wow. So, so my thing is like, you know, I'm obviously to, to me, Zach Taylor, he's Mike McCarthy. He's Mike McCarthy Jr. And that's and, ridiculous. Okay. Well, we'll see. He, you know, he's playing a good coach this week. How, I mean, also, how can you even say that after you watch Mike McCarthy do it again? I mean, Zach Taylor coached a great game on Saturday, I would argue. Well, I'll give him credit for kicking the field goal and not going for it when it was fourth and inches. That was a critical point in the game where I'm saying you take the points. And he made the smart move. So, look, I, I have another thousand dollar bet that. I mean, listen, that bet is more. uh Honestly, I would say I, I don't know if it's more reasonable than them winning a playoff game this year. I don't think I mean, we both picked the Bengals to finish last in the division. Um, the idea at the beginning of the season, but a thousand dollars on any single team slash quarterback slash whatever. Like, I think I think basically a bet on winning Super Bowls is hard. And that's that's Dan, what Dan I, Marino doesn't have a Super Bowl. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have one for uh, fucking 10 years now. Like. You could bet on Aaron Rodgers to not win a Super Bowl. And it's probably, I mean, the the odds aren't one-to-one right now on the Packers winning this year. You know what I mean? I think when you take in consideration age, injury, all that, like I can't think of a person in the league right now that I feel good at putting money on to win a Super Bowl besides maybe Patrick Mahomes. Like age-wise, and all the things considered, like one to one, I'm not betting one to one on Aaron Rodgers winning another Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's why I took the bet. And and obviously, it's it's a also it's a thing. It's like let's say the Bengals, you know, the NFL so crazy, you never know what can happen. Like let's say they suck for a couple of years, and then Taylor's fired, and then they get good again. It's like that's a bet that again, the twofold part of it was was crazy for me. And and look at the end of the day. I want to say this now that Justin's here and we, we have a, a diehard Bengals fan. I was wondering how I would feel throughout the game and how years of emotions and of letdown and, and, and how I would feel after this, the game. This better end in a who day. It, it's not. 
I, I just, I can't, I hate to say it. I shouldn't even say, I hate to say it. This is just my honest feelings. And, and, and I would be honest how I feel. I can't root for them as long as the Brown family owns the team. I just can't, you, you know, because of what they've done. And then what, what sucks, I talked to my brother who owned a bar and then he tells me all these things that they just are never, they never help local bar. Like they just, and the, and the, and they just, I know owners are shitty. I think we all agree. Right. Like NFL, I, mean, I, would, I would say, I would say across sports, you know, across sports. You're, t- you're, you're looking at probably 60% of owners are just giant pieces of garbage. I, I agree. But like, like, like here, here's a telltale thing. And, and this is why I just, I just can't get on board with, with this family. They're, they're, they're the Joneses, man. You say what you want. If you go to the Bengals website, the top four personnel, three of them are within the family. And then when you go and you look at scout, I pulled up today out of curiosity. I go, let's, let's look at the scouting department. I don't know if you know, this has always been a big joke on the Bengals. They have the fewest amount yeah. of scouts in the NFL. So they got five scouts to the Titans 16. It's like, I, I, I just, Burrow is so good, but even Joe Burrow needs help. And until that organization changes things, I just don't see them winning a Super Bowl. Oh, I got another hundred dollars. They do it this season. Oh, wow. <laughs> Randy, Rooney. Randy, I took my. Hey, are, are you 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 already bet on it? Yeah, I already put. You know, I won two k for the Bengals winning the AFC North because I bet a hundred on that in August, and then I took another hundred because they we had a uh, two thousand odds. So I throw another hundred on it and. I got a hundred on the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. You think they win the Super Bowl this year? Hey, my pocket would like it. I don't think it's. <laughs> I don't think it's like you're playing with house money. That's and that's what the Bengals are doing right now too. Like the Bengals right now are. I mean, there's a chip on their shoulder. Sure. But listening to Burrow, it sounds like he's like, I don't care about the history. Like, yeah, we didn't even. Like, okay. I somehow doubt when he kept saying, yeah, we didn't talk about that streak at all this week. I'm like, okay. Like, they know yeah. about it. Yeah. He also, he not, also not buying that one from, he yeah. also said he didn't hear a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he no, came, but, and I, I mean, I loved him coming dressed as one of the guys from color me bad. That was, yeah. dope, you know, <laughs> yeah. I like his press conference. You, you can't, you can't like who doesn't like it, unless you're a Ravens Steelers Browns fan at this point, who doesn't like Joe Burrow? Yeah. Guy, I look at the guy, I'm like, I want to fucking have a cigar with Joe Burrow. Yeah, but I don't know. But let me ask you this, like, like, like all jokes aside. Yeah. Like when I say those things, and I know Bengals fans will come at me, but like that, that's, that's honestly why I can't get on board because w- when you don't have an indoor practice facility and you don't have the scouting department and you don't take care of your players, that says to me, you yeah. ultimately don't care to go the farthest extent to win. And, and, and I want to tie it real quickly back to the Cowboys because they're the only two teams in the NFL that don't have GMs. And those two teams now combined have won four playoff games in 26 years. I yeah. don't think that's a coincidence. That's all I'm saying. But that's the yeah. only thing that they share, right? Because Jerry Jones, they, they got the facilities. They do. They got the fucking, you know, he's not sparing any expense. But but that, that that's my concern is you look at a team – like the Rams, for example, it's like they're going to go have the best scouting department and a good GM. I, I, I just, like I said, and I could be wrong. I could be proven wrong again. Clearly, I was proven wrong once. 
I'm wearing this big old L chain because I was wrong. I, I just think a playoff game is one thing. It's so hard to overcome those lack of, I don't even know the, the things that they don't have access to. Yeah. To win four games or, or next the, year. Here's what's weird about all this is we don't know anything about what this team's going to do now. Like, first off, the Bengals never get to where they are now. And second off, Joe, I, I'm, you, I know NFL and college are different levels. Joe Burrow's a winner. Like, this guy is like yeah. – he was sitting there saying on the sidelines he wanted the Raiders to score a touchdown so he could get the ball back. I was like, what are, what are, we, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know. I'm on board. Look, look, look. I think we all agree about Burrow. Burrow is, yeah. is big dick energy. He's total yeah. big dick energy. He had that at LSU. He has that now. I think I think his story is why one of the reasons he's so good, the adversity. Yeah. Like he was third on the depth chart at Ohio State. Right. Yeah. After being JT you know, Barrett was the starting quarterback. Yeah. After being, you know, Mr. Football, Ohio, Mr. Ohio football, like, like obviously Ohio is such a great football state. It's like he then had to get a nice piece of humble pie, go to LSU, didn't know where his football career was at that point, has the best year that I've ever seen. And, and he is a great quarterback. But again, it, it boils back down to me. It's like meets, our, his, meets his receiver soulmate. Yeah. You know, we'll see. This is going to be, a, this, you know, what's going to be fun about this week? They're going against a really good defensive line. We all know the Bengals' weakness is their offensive line. Yeah. And we'll see. On the other side, the Bengals have, a, if healthy, uh, also great pass rushers. And guess who was sacked the second most in the NFL behind Burrow? Ryan Tannehill. So you have the makings for what I would call a pretty good game. Yeah. <clears throat> That's going to be a fun one. And, and, and it's going to be tough. You know, like, again, I said I'm in this bracket. I picked the Titans to beat the Bengals next week. But like I'll be watching it, being like I kind of will be rooting for the Bengals, even though it'll be it'll hurt me. I'll be rooting for right. Randy, um, but it, it, you know you just like you know they're they're a more fun team, that's for sure. Um, but it's you know I'm hoping that'll be a, a great game. Yeah, and uh, I gotta address something else. There's this I don't know what dirtball is some weirdo Browns fan that anytime the Bengals win. He always like has to bring up officiating and is it like, is it the, is it the famous dipshit Browns fan? Yeah. 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 And he's like, don't worry. He's been blocked up the chiefs game. He's like, yeah, the refs handed you guys that game. Why why don't those refs get suspended? First off the game, there's plays in that, that weren't called as well. But one of the plays that really bothered me about the refs that as a Bengals fan, obviously was the false start that they just let play. Then Burrow gets a roughing the quarterback, but they're like, no, we can't call it because the guy jumped off first. Like that's when you should have blown your whistle to stop the play. That was like, the time. That was the timeout. Yeah. Wasn't it? Oh, was is that? No, no, no. I think is that different it was a, play. the Bengals jumped off sides and one of the Raiders got in and just levels Burrow, which would have been a roughing the passer. But since it was already offsides, they just went with the offsides and they didn't even like blow their whistles or anything. They just let the play ride out. I mean, I think we discussed, we discussed the big play referee wise in the game and, and listen, 
the, here's my thing with officiating in general. It's a fucking hard job. Sure. Yeah. You're not going to get the call right every time. That's why we have replay. And that's why we, you know, whatever. But the fact of the matter is the, the, the problems arise when these guys make a wrong call. And like in a situation where you fucking knew you blew a whistle, you refuse to say it. Or you see, you know, you, you have the play call at the end of Rams Saints in the playoffs a couple of years ago where it's like you see that you guys fucked up. Own it and fix it. You're yeah. not going to like the idea of complaining about officiating from a fan standpoint. Oh, we lost this game because whatever is I, I, I always think it's shitty. It's it's something to complain about. Like it happened to my team this year in the in the Giants Redskins game. They call us offsides on the field goal. Then watch the replay. See you fucked it up. Fix it. Don't fucking see that you fucked it up and pretend you didn't. That's where it gets because it's being a ref in any sport is tough. You're not going to get the call right all the time, but don't be a dipshit. Own it when you fuck up. Otherwise, there's really like to me, nothing to complain about because like, oh, the rest screwed us. No one's trying to screw anybody. No one's yeah. trying to fuck up calls on purpose, like complaining. Oh, the Bengals won because they got a call. Well, no, no, the Raiders no, coach wouldn't even do that. Now, obviously, if they redo that down and they don't get it, I believe that was second down. Let's say they kick a field goal. That game is different. There's a lot of ifs, but I, I, I agree. I, I don't want people blaming the refs for why the Raiders lost. Raiders fans should not blame you. You lost. The Raiders the coach refused to do it. The Bengals made more plays and end of story. And. That's what happened. Just like in the Cowboys game, which we'll get to, the Niners made more plays, and that was a debacle play at the end, so you can't blame the refs. But, look, the Bengals are moving on. Randy get it. lives another day. And what, one last thing I want to say before I go. Someone who I don't think is getting enough recognition, McPherson. The Bengals have a kicker finally too. Like everyone kicker. went after them for a fifth round pick on a kicker, but I'll be damned if he wasn't worth it. I mean, they, I, know, I agree. To be fair, they use one of their six scouts exclusively for <laughs> kickers. He he's a, he was a TikTok superstar in college. So oh, he was at Florida. Yeah. Oh yeah, he'd do like those crazy kicks in college. Yeah. No, I I do agree with you. That was a smart move, and he's been a a good pick. And I think the undervalue of kickers in the NFL hurts a lot of teams because it's yeah. really important, especially this time of year. And, and I'll add one more thing before you go. And I told you this before the show, after they won in my little suburban neighborhood, I mean, I heard fireworks going off. Like, like, wow. Like Cincinnati is turned. I saw, I saw people taking shots of chili on, on Twitter. No, you people were taking shots of chili. You did not. I did. I swear. My people, chili shots. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And now, before uh, we let Randy uh, get back to painting, uh, were there other calls of dirt balls shitting on you that are worth having him around for enjoying, or was it just that one Steelers fan that really wanted to? It was just that one surprising. Yeah. Well, I think everybody knew Randy was going to come on here and give you your medicine. Well, Randy needs to have a talk with that Detroit. 
uh, dirt ball. We'll talk one day. <laughs> we'll talk one day, buddy. Don't think I didn't send a message that couldn't be played on here for R- you, Randy. You were a little turnt on that call, which I I, I deemed. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't didn't want to play it on here. You were. I you're a had- Lions fan. What do you shut up? Yeah, we 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 had a meeting of the minds before one episode of the show after you left that call, and I was like. About 30 seconds into that call, he stopped being Randy Ruther and he just started being drunk, angry Justin Wood, who wanted to <laughs> fight a Lions fan. Want to fight a 17 year old dirt? I was like, he's lost the character. Now he's, he's just 17? like, hey, fuck you. That no, kid's 17? No, I don't know how old he was. I thought he was like 15. But... Never mind. I don't want to get beat up. So, so you, so you really, you really think the Bengals have a good chance of winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's amazing. They beat, they beat the Chiefs. I mean, they, they've yeah. shown they can do it. Again, regular season, like, like it's like one of my – I've been saying that the whole season. And I, I have. Are. I have. But it's like one of my good buddies brought up the Steelers' Titan score. And I was like, dude, are we really going to discuss the Steelers being the Titans with all those guys out? Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that matters. Again, I, I think the Bengals have a legit chance of beating the Titans, but I don't think – the Steelers beating the Titans and the Bengals boat racing the Steelers twice. Yeah. Really? I don't think those are all no. connected. Well, I, see, here's my thing. If, if, you know, as, as a, somebody who's completely on the sideline of this, certainly your guys's passionate love and hate of the Bengals is, yeah, you look at this weekend and you're like matchup wise, uh, momentum wise, all this things. Like I, I would not be shocked at all. If the Bengals win this week, no, then I don't you, think then you look would. forward, then you get into a, if you're playing the chiefs or the bills yeah. on the road, I'm like, wow, you know, do I like your chances? No, I don't. Do you have a chance? Sure. Any given Sunday, if you, if you're riding, you know, we've seen it before teams get hot. If you're riding two wins, but where I get into where I get into being like, no, I don't really think you guys have a shot of winning the Super Bowl this year was then you would need those. You would need two games in a row like that. You would need to be you would need to have two games. You basically aren't supposed to win at all. And then you do not saying it's not possible. Listen, I'm a fan of the New York football giants who beat the undefeated Patriots um, and then beat the Patriots again. So I've seen it happen, but you know, in a realistic, what are the Bengals chances? I'm like, yeah, you guys have a chance of being in an AFC championship game, but then you have an, a conference championship and a Super Bowl where you would be probably, you know, touchdown underdogs in both games. Like yeah. CJ says, why not us? Well, well, and one last thing I, I want to say, I, I don't, I don't hate the Bengals. I don't hate their players. All my beef and all this. Yeah. It, it really goes back to ownership and, I think all this also was affected that I wasn't here for so long and I thought it might change and it hasn't. And I already can tell <laughs> it, it, it just, it's, it's just not going to change anytime soon. And yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be a guy who's going to be, try to be not bring those personal feelings in. And I, and I felt I've done that. Like I'm saying, I think I agree with you. I think they have a legit chance of being the Titans. I've said that now, all Andy, while I got to do this while Randy's still here, but, I mean, you're talking to Mike McCarthy. You threw out a Mike McCarthy two earlier on. I, mean, I am. You got a coach worst to first playoff win. I mean, if they go in to Tennessee and upset a one seed, you got to you, you got to wear that L chain again next I'm, Monday. I'm not uh, again. Zach Taylor. Look, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. That's that's why I make that comparison. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. 
Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. I tweeted that yesterday. Yes. Aaron Rodgers and, and if the Bengals Aaron Rodgers Bowl, is the GOAT simply because he won a Super Bowl with honestly one of the all-time worst coaches I've ever seen. But but again, Joe, it, it goes back to let's say the Bengals won a Super Bowl. It's because of the their Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow is that good, right? And, and that's all I'm saying. Like, like Zach Taylor. Well, uh, listen, I think we, we all we all slurped Joe Burrow's big dick energy. I'm also here uh, once again as somebody coming into a outsider situation of a former Bengals fan and a Bengals stand to say, tap the brakes on their own Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah, he's off to a good he's off to a good start, but like when he has when he has multiple MVPs, we'll start talking about he's he's the Aaron Rodgers of the Bengals. But but that's my point is I th- I think he has potential to be that good, just like Justin Herbert and some of these young guys. They have that a uh, uh, Josh Allen. They have that potential. That's all I'm saying. And look, we'll let it play out. I, I'm not. I can be changed, but right now I I, I stand by. Well, Zach that's Taylor. what I'm asking. I mean, like, at what point does it change if you're if if a guy you know takes the Bengals of all teams and you say, look at what they deal with: no scouting department, no indoor facility, <clears throat> terrible ownership, terrible everything. This history. He goes in there third year. He wins the division. He wins a playoff game. I mean, at what point, what, what does like, you're basically saying, even if he wins a super bowl, you won't call him a good coach. I'm saying he, it goes back to our discussion last episode. He had no right to be hired as a head coach for any NFL team. I mean, he's, he's basically proving that wrong though, but, but I, I would argue he hasn't. And I think he's made colossal errors this season with some just bad coaching bad play calling. Now I know they have an offensive coordinator, but he ultimately Callahan's son, uh, Bill Callahan's son. What, what, what's his name, Justin? Do you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's former, you know, former coach, Bill Callahan's son, uh, former Raiders head coach. But look, I, I, I think, look, I, I stand, I stand by what I say. I, and, and, and I, I guess I could be proven wrong and I guess I could change my opinion. I just think that they do have enough talent and they do have number nine back there as we know from Justin's illegal, is that, is that like a camo? It's the salute, the salute, the troops. And it has got the it. American flag and everything and, straight and, from the Chinese sweatshop. I mean, the irony of he gets the salute, the troops, like American <laughs> oh, pride yeah. thing from a Chinese sweatshop. Oh yeah. Very American of you, Justin. I like that. But I'll give you guys one last thing. What's funny about this game coming up, both teams playing in this game lost to the jets. So the Jets got to be sitting at home like that's a good point. We could be there. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, Randy Ruther, it was a pleasure. God, well, listen, great. listen, I'm not letting Randy sign off because there's one thing and Randy has to be here for it. I mean, Randy, if you're not going to ask Andy Ruther to do it, I'll ask him on your behalf. But I think you know what you've got. Andy, ask you owe Randy one. Give us one. <laughs> Can Andy Ruther get a who day? <laughs> yes, sir. You guys have a great rest of the show. Thanks. You too, buddy. See, See you, buddy. We got fun. a who day out of you. That was fun. Uh, we got a lot of other football games to talk about. I mean, we went hard on the Bengals and, and shout out to Justin Wood. Follow Justin at Randy Ruther. He's also a comedian. He opened. He did some guest spots for me when I was in. House of Comedy in Arizona. Speaking of House of Comedies, I'll be at the one in British Columbia, the 27th through the 30th. Um, but give him a follow on social media. 
And, you know, he did a great job of, t- of taking the little, little campfire that you had made about the Bengals this year and turning it into a bonfire. He put, he poured, you know, some gasoline on that fire. And it was a, a fun end to the, the Andy Randy saga. Although yeah, it's and, not, it's not really over. And it's not over. And, and, and for all these little sagas that I have, because I have a lot of them going on with people in Cincinnati at the, at the end of the day, there's, it's all in good fun. And I think people know that. And look, it, it makes fun for the show and happy to have him on. And look, I took the L more in the L chain and glad that he got to come on and uh, gloat. And I love the call. So if you guys want to call and let any other feelings out, 310-359-8365. Let's jump into some of the other games. We've discussed Mike McCarthy yesterday's end of the game and even before that it just goes back to everything you and I have said the last few years and I'll say this is he the poster child of just shitty retread coaches like it's Mike McCarthy's face of why you don't rehire coaches who weren't that good in the first place it is it it is for now it'll be Bill O'Brien when he gets rehired Um, but it absolutely is for now um, you know, Jason Garrett's featured on that collage. Uh, there's other guys, you know, the Adam Gases of the world are definitely there. But Mike McCarthy, <clears throat> I mean, Jerry Jones, if you look at the if you look at the press conference or not even the press conference, I think, it, you know, it seems like he was like cornered by a reporter. Jerry Jones almost out on Mike McCarthy already. I mean, he he said, I don't know if you saw the quote, but he's like, you put together. When and and I and it's it's I it, it almost feels like he was defending himself as a GM more than he was defending himself as an owner, but he said when you put a team of this group of guys together, you have to win, and it seemed like a direct shot at his coach, and honestly, take that criticism veiled or not. Uh, shove it straight up your ass, Jerry Jones. No one gives a fuck what you think about Mike McCarthy's coaching job. The guy had Aaron Rodgers, And as I said last week, didn't win 13 games with Aaron Rodgers as many times as Matt LaFleur has done in three years. He is the poster child of failed timeout usage of horrible play call of terrible decisions of not putting in at this point, the guy I will call the goat for winning just with him in a position to win ever. And you hired him. So take your fucking criticisms, veiled criticisms of the guy you hired and shove them up your ass. Why is he your coach? How do you call that play at the end of the game? And by the way, I'm the, no one's more excited about it than me. I will say it again. I, I went back in the live chat from last episode. I think that I think it was Brian Luttrell who was saying, I don't know if that was a former Backstreet Boy or what, but I think we had a Brian Luttrell in our comments, uh, maybe stick to, you know, singing backup for fucking, you know, Kevin and AJ or whatever. But uh, he was like, oh, the Prano's NFC East hate is just it's it's comedic at this point, bro. The Cowboys, like, I hope they give 
Mike McCarthy a lifetime contract. And I hope that they give fucking Dak one to go with him. I will never. I would rather. I, I don't care if the Giants hire Randy Ruther as our next coach. I'd be. I'm happier with the prospect of where the Giants are than having Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott be the future of your franchise. And then we will get into the my Eagles hate later. But like, what the fuck? Was that play call as a guy who was ecstatic that it happened? How can you do that? I've never been more baffled watching a game than watching that play call. I, I, I was I was confused. I was like, is this real? What are you? You have 18 seconds. And if you're out there defending it. You're the dumbest fucking person on the Correct planet. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was second down, right? Yeah. So they have three plays to get into the end zone. Yeah. What does the first down matter? It does. McCarthy's saying it's better. If... So, so you're. This, this is exactly what I tweeted last night. Can Dak not throw the ball 45 yards? That's what I don't understand. Do we have a shoulder problem where he can no longer throw the ball 45 yards accurately. Also. But the Hail Mary the... accuracy really doesn't matter because the ball gets bumped around right you, but i'm saying looking can, for a fluke play I, i'm i'm asking can he not throw the ball 45 yards in a 10 yard window can he not successfully put a ball into just an end zone as a target now you can argue with me that 40 25 yards or whatever is better than 45 yards take that argument and shove it up your ass for a number of reasons one you in three plays got down the field 40 yards. So this idea that they were giving you the middle and taking away the sideline, you just took the sideline three fucking times. So if you got to get closer, why don't you keep doing what you were doing? That was working perfectly. Second of all, the idea that this was a, some sort of great play call. Cause look at how it worked out. How it worked out is you ran out of time. The end. That's how it worked out. You ran a play that was supposed to be sneaky and the idea was you're going to save yourself. Dude, your quarterback doesn't know the rules. Your quarterback slid, which is why the ball had to be spotted backwards. The ball, he didn't know that the referee had to get the ball and touch the ball and put it down. If you want this play to work, no, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to snap the ball. I'm going to sneak. I'm going to count in my head 10 seconds max and get it as far as I can. I'm going to take a knee so the ball is right there and I'm going to throw it to a referee so that he can run it over here. The idea that you're going to run that play call when your quarterback doesn't know not to slide, to give the ball to the ref, to count times so that there's at least six or seven or eight seconds left in the game so that you can get this fucking playoff that you want to get off. Also, now you have one shot at the end zone from 25 yards away. Great. That, that, that's my take. That's my take. You have, let's say it does work. Uh, again, you're reducing your options down to one versus, hey, man, you got 45 yards, but you got three. And we all know, Joe, like we've seen it, especially in recent years. Anything can happen when that ball is chucked up in the air three times. Like, like you, you're you're you have a better percentage. Three. Also, even forget forget even going for the end zone. You have 16 seconds or 14 seconds left. A lot of things can happen on a play to the sideline, like a pass interference, like a roughing the passer, like a like a defensive holding. All of a sudden, you're putting your the, this thing on a quarterback sneak, sneak spike, one shot at the end zone from 25 yards out. Mike McCarthy 
is the world's biggest dipshit. And he has been for a long fucking time. And honestly, I'm not even going to give him the gold medal. I'm going to give him the silver medal because there's a long history of him being a dipshit. And Jerry Jones fucking hired him. Yeah. So you're the gold medal dipshit. Like, what are you doing? Well, if we want to back that game up, I knew I'm not saying it was over because it's only the first three plays, but we all knew to start that game that gets sacked two out of the first three plays. You knew. I mean, Cowboys Bosa going out right. was huge. Oh, it was, it was Bosa going out was huge. But before Bosa going out and before Kyle Shanahan downshifting into some sort of like, I don't know what he was doing at the end. Of the, like they can't stop you from running the ball. And yet you stop running the ball. It was reckless. It, I mean, nobody wanted to take that game. Both teams wanted to give it away. But Bosa, before Bosa went down and before they downshifted, they were getting their ass kicked. Yeah. That was not like... It wasn't a game. If you're, if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're resting on... First of all, if you're complaining about the refs, kill yourself. Second of all, if you, if you have a sense that like, oh, we played a good game, we were right in it at the end. Yo, they came into your stadium, beat the shit out of you. Almost gave you the game back with injuries and reckless play calling and reckless decisions. You weren't, the Cowboys didn't deserve to win that game for one second. No. And the truth is I never thought they would, even when they came back and they cut it to 23, 17, I just knew they, they just, they've been outplayed. They've been out hustled the penalties, 14 penalties. That's- I woke up. I woke up yesterday morning. Somebody asked me to place a couple bets for them, which I did. Um, but but after I spent the money that I had them, I took the entirety. This is a true story. I took the entirety of my online gambling account and I put it on the Niners money line to win that game. I never for one second. You you guys can say, oh, Prano's NFC East hate, Prano's NFC East hate. My NFC East hate is, is, is real for sure, but I put my money where my mouth is. This team wasn't good. Paper Tigers the whole fucking year. I woke up yesterday morning. I said, the Niners are not going to lose this game to this Mike McCarthy soft fucking beat up on bad teams, look trash against good teams, garbage coached fucking franchise and here i am scrooge mcducking online money now just swimming in it yeah we both said last episode we both like the niners and it held up and the niners are a good team and they're a team nobody wants to play and i'll say even the packers the packers much much would have rather played the cowboys they would have because the now, Niners get after I, the quarterback. I put this out there in a tweet and I'm um, and I stand by it. And this will and we will have to then talk about tonight's game for a second before we go into the other. But I said, you know, you look at this weekend, I believe every team that won had the better quarterback. And I, I would almost say, with the exception of the Niners Cowboys game. I mean, I think it's inarguable. I mean, Joe Burrow's, I love Derek Carr. Joe Burrow's better than Derek Carr. Josh Allen's better than fucking Mac Jones. 
Tom Brady is obviously better than the running back wildcat that the Eagles trot out there at quarterback. And I'm going to argue that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Dak Prescott. And that kind of leads into tonight's game, which is, I don't, you know, I think Matthew Stafford's the better quarterback than Kyler Murray, maybe right now, but I think Kyler Murray, you know, has certainly has potential to be better, have a better career than Matthew Stafford does. So this is an interesting one, but otherwise like, dude, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he is not making like, you know, he, he is not an elite quarterback in the NFL, but he came from that Patriot system and he, he fucking game manages, man. And that throw at the end that almost that, you know, that interception almost cost him the game to, is a, he, he definitely has a tendency to miss high, which is way worse than missing low. Cause the high overthrows tend to get an interception more than if you bounce it. But dude, Dak Prescott at this point, I'm sorry. Somebody, you know, a friend of mine texted me that he's the new Kirk cousins. And I said, that's too far, but you know, what you know who he is. He's, he's shaping up to be the new Tony Romo. He looks good at times. Unless he's playing a really good team. He puts up gaudy stats from time to time, but then when he plays anybody of worth, he, he fucking disappears. Like, dude, Dak Prescott played bad yesterday. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Kirk Cousins. So I had a debate, I guess, not even a debate, just a discussion with a dirt ball like two years ago. And he was saying that on DM that Dak was Kirk Cousins. And I said, no, I, I don't think he's that. And then it's funny. He DM'd me again last night. He's like, I go back to the discussion we had in 2019 at Dak Prescott. I said, well, he's a little better in prime time. You know, I think he's, I don't know if he's Kirk Cousins. I mean, you can argue he's around that sphere, puts up really nice numbers, regular season, great stats. But yeah, he had another poor playoff game, man. It's very like I think the Tony Romo comp, you know, especially with the Dallas connection, is like almost more fitting than Kirk Cousins. Though it's just like, you know, only idiots uh, ever have suggested Kirk Cousins is like a top five or top ten quarterback in the NFL. Like I think you have to be an idiot who essentially only watches, only looks at box scores and doesn't watch games at all to think that Kirk cousins is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I think there are there you, if you watch games that Dak Prescott plays and then you don't watch other games, you can see, you could be like, dude, look at that throw. Look at that play. Look at him throwing on the run there. Look at that decision. This, this guy's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But I think if you look at what Dak Prescott does across the board, good teams, bad teams, whatever, like, like I would argue that the proof is in the pudding right there. I mean, you could Jimmy Garoppolo tried to give that game away at the end. He did, but he also outplayed Dak Prescott. Like the end, he outplayed Dak Prescott. I mean, it does help when you have a really good running game in the Niners still. Oh, and the Cowboys and they're fucking like Cowboys have a fine running game, but of course they have a dipshit coach who, and, and, and can I second keeps feeding Ezekiel Elliott, not just, him this notion that Kellen Moore is is always oh, you know 
that well, they led the league in points and Kellen Moore, like let me put it this way. When when I this is just an observation. This is not based on any stats. When I watch Kellen Moore versus Shanahan, I think Shanahan runs circles around him as far as offensive play calling. Now, Shanahan made some questionable decisions by going away from the run late in that game, the interception, which also is Jimmy G's fault. They're both accountable. But I think I think Shanahan's big problem is like not knowing how to close games. Yeah. But you look at Kellen Moore, it's like, you know, the thing about Kellen Moore is he he was the quarterback on that Boise State team, right? That beat Oklahoma. Correct. I think they, I, I think so. The, the thing that that will be remembered, well, whether or not he was the I think he was. But if even if he wasn't, what Boise State is known for is Innovation. basically three strict three trick plays in a row to beat to, you know, for a Cinderella upset. By the way, that, and, that, that was him. You're yeah, correct. Yeah. And you had that play in the game where they tried to do a hook and ladder where somebody threw, like, instead of tossing it, he, it was like a catch and like throw. And even everybody was saying, dude, like if that guy had made that throw, it would have been an incredible play. Then they pull it off on the final drive with a toss version of it. Cool, man. Kellen Moore comes up with some fun trick plays. Great that you have those in your bag. Now, how about calling a regular game first? Yeah. You're oh cool. You have these, you have these fun fraternity intramural throw the ball five times on one play. Great. How about running the ball down somebody's throat and then using that on your two-point conversion or using that on your two-minute drill where you, you know it's desperation? Cool. We can talk about his fun trick plays all we want as an offensive coordinator day in and day out. What they're really good at beating the shit out of bad teams. And then anytime they play any team that pass rushes that plays any sort of defense, they're just exposed as fraudulent paper tiger offense. Well, I have a call about Mike McCarthy that I'd like to play. What's up, boys? Bryson calling from Atlanta. Um, I know we've beaten this to beating a dead horse, but fuck, man. Between Brandon Staley, Mike McCarthy, and the refs who say they didn't blow that whistle in the Bengals game before he got it. They said they blew the whistle after he caught the touchdown. All three of them have one thing in common. You're fucking liars. The refs doubled down after the game saying they did not blow that whistle early. Fucking liars. Mike McCarthy comes on after the Dallas game. That was 100% the right play call. 100%. We need to execute line of the ball. No, I would rather all three of you come on here. Yeah, man, to be honest, I just fucked up. I'm a human being. I made the wrong fucking play call. I blew the whistle too fucking early. X, Y, and Z. But instead, you're a fucking liar, and you double down when everyone can hear the whistle was blown early. Everyone in America knows that was the wrong fucking play call. Like you just all three, every all the refs, Mike McCarthy and Brandon, you should all be fired. Like one hundred percent. You you fuck up like that and then blatantly lie, you should be fired. That's like stealing product on camera at the store you work at. Then they come in and show you the video footage. Hey man, why did you take this? Oh, that's not me. What the fuck you mean is that Bryson? I see you, you're right here on camera. No, that's not me. Okay, well then you're fucking fired. And that's just how it is, dude. I hate mother like I just hate these people. Condoms are for liars. Dude, I could not agree with that more. And, you know, we talked 
a lot about my team and my team's coaching debacle and my team's coaching search and whatever. And I said, I don't want to fire our head coach every two years. But when Joe Judge just essentially refused to admit he was wrong and just trotted Mike Glennon out there again in some sort of prideful, I'll show you guys thing, get fucked. The, it's the worst thing that you can possibly have in the form of a coach or a GM or an owner is just not knowing, not having the ability to say, we fucked up. It's time to own that shit. And you know what? It, it, you look at, I mean, stick with my team again. It's like uh, I, was, I was talking with somebody who's a Giants fan and very close to the team um, this weekend about, uh, you know, Ben McAdoo liked Patrick Mahomes so much. And he was saying how the Giants need to go. Listen, you never came out and stood up in front of people and said, I never ever, if I could do one thing over in my life, I should have never benched a hall of famer for Geno Smith. I own that. I'm wrong. You do that. Fine. These guys just making horrific season ending decisions and just not owning them. It's embarrassing. It's, it's a fireable offense. Jerry Jones should fire Mike McCarthy. But also, he never should have hired Mike McCarthy. Yeah. And obviously, as a Giants fan, I hope he's their coach forever. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the new wave. You, you don't see any humility from these guys. You don't see. Dude, let's transition uh, in on the same topic, but into another game. I know I'm a Philadelphia Eagles hater. How do you not go to Minshew in that game? How do you not go to Minshew in that game? Jalen Hurts looks atrocious for the entirety of the game until the part in the game that he has done the whole... Dude, you guys can go back all year. He has stockpiled garbage time touchdowns. and oh, yeah. He goes into halves with 70 yards and a pick. 78 yards and a pick, 80 yards and a pick every week. And then every week he finishes with 210, two and one because of garbage time touchdowns. To like to me, and again, I hope Jalen Hurts is their quarterback for the next 15 years. I hope Nick Sirianni is their coach for the next 15 years. How are you in that game getting your fucking shit pushed in and not go to Minshew? How? Yeah, I mean, that game was over from the start. It was another one of those games where the game was determined at the at the line of scrimmage, and they needed to mix it up. They needed to try something new. They didn't. And But here's what, here's what, if you go back and you watch the first, I don't know, watch the first five Eagles drives, they have a lot of third and twos. They've got a lot of third and ones, a lot of third and threes. Like, they come out, they run the ball, for four, they run the ball for four and they have third and two. And then your quarterback doesn't make the play. Now it looks like a three and out, but there's a big difference between third and eight and third and nine and third and two. 
And this is the criticism I had of Russ a couple years ago in the two playoff games that he lost. And this is the criticism I'll have of Jalen Hurts right now. Dude, you have to convert a third down at some point. That's on your quarterback. That's on your quarterback. Dude, you're third and short, third and reasonable. Make a fucking third down. Otherwise, get the fuck out of the playoffs. Which, by the way, the Eagles, I know I'm an Eagles hater, are the poster child for why there shouldn't be seven teams in the playoffs. The 14th best team in the league beat zero playoff teams this year. Zero. They won games against zero playoff teams. And yet still, in doing that, managed to win nine games and sneak into the playoffs just to get boat raced by a two seed. Seven teams in every conference in the playoffs is stupid. Eagles proved it. Steelers proved it. Yeah, the Steelers game was the bad difference too. between the two seed in every conference and the seven seed. That's a fucking eight and a nine and eight, a nine, seven and one is the entire world. The Eagles didn't belong in the playoffs. They didn't beat a single playoff team. They didn't even beat the Cowboys once. No, the Steelers did. The Steelers beat some playoff teams, but the Steelers, we all knew that game was going to be such a hard uphill battle. Now they stayed with them for, you know, a half. Then Mahomes just goes off. And then we have to just hear more and more about Big Ben, which I just was just like, oh my God, are we doing this again? That game didn't have to happen. I agree. So those seven, those seven C the games were bad. It was the perfect ending to Big Ben's career. Just in a game, just locked in a game with a bigger, stronger, overpowering team. Now you can't fucking leave. Take these five touchdowns, bend over this fucking hotel counter, and take them up your ass. Bye, you rapist bitch. And all the Jesus stuff. Was there more? I didn't, dude. I'll be it's honest. never ending. Every time he talks, the PR team that brainwashed him into becoming a Jesus freak as a cover for multiple sexual well, I think assaults. It's, I think it's brilliant. I mean, I mean, again, when has it failed? When has it right. failed? It it fails because I mean, it fails for people with a brain. Sure. Yeah. There's dumb, other dumb Jesus freaks out there who are like, he turned his life around and he found the Lord. He's a con man who's talking about the white haired fucking cloud sky man to distract you from the fact that he trapped a fucking hotel concierge in his room and raped her. And also a college girl in a campus bar. Yeah. Well, the chiefs, man, when they get rolling, we saw it. Mahomes had 400 yards, five TDs. Kelsey even threw a TD. It's almost a downer that the Bills and Chiefs have already played. Like, this, this isn't it's the great, championship. It's great. I fucking love it. Give it to me sooner. Give it to me now. Dude. We Bills. took it. I mean, talk about now. We should, we should have a, you should ship me that L chain. I'll wear it for next episode. We both picked the Pats. Josh Allen said, not so fast. Josh Allen and that, that whole team. I mean, they are 
when they're clicking, nobody, nobody beats them if they play like that. But then you look at that Chiefs game. It's the same thing. Like, that's why it's going to be a great game. It's like, who, who's going to shut down who? Or is it just going to be, you know, that, that Chiefs-Rams Monday night game we went to from a couple of years ago? I mean, are we going to get this second round shootout? So listen to this. Listen to some of these numbers that I, I came across. First off, Bill Belichick had never coached a game where the opponent, opponent didn't punt. The Bills did that to him twice in the last four games. So the Bills are the first team in NFL history. This is that, a great stat. Have you, seen, have you heard this one? Yeah, I think so. The Bills are the first team in NFL history to have a game with seven-plus touchdowns, no punts, and no turnovers in a playoff game. This is the job. I think it, I think I think it's in any game. Okay. Josh Allen converted 80% of his passes, threw for 300 yards, rushed for 50 plus yards, and had five touchdowns. No quarterback during the Super Bowl era had ever done all those things in a single game, regular season or playoffs. Again, that's complete 80% of your passes, toss 300 plus yards, run for four or run for 50 plus yards and five touchdowns. It was six yeah. degrees. They were doing yeah, this. That's the other thing. It's 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 everybody was like, oh, this plays right into the Patriots' hands. Mac Jones is wearing the scuba suit. He's he's got the Tom Brady juice. This is it. Bro, they came out there and they were like, You guys have been shitting in our mouths for 20 years. And we're gonna give you over all the revenge in one game. I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong about that. I just I just saw it. Like, you know, I picked the Patriots to win. But I, I, but I mostly picked the Patriots to win because I'm like, oh, cold. It's going to be a close game. And then you give the edge to Belichick. And it wasn't close for one fucking minute. They scored every time they got the ball. A touchdown. I, I think the other stat I saw was adding to all that. I don't think they had a negative play. So all that and only positive plays on the whole game. It was uh, essentially they played the perfect football game against Bill Belichick in six-degree weather in the playoffs. Yeah, it's almost like you want to save some of that for another game. Like, you you played, you used all your energy. You used all the, the good juju. You almost want to save that against the Chiefs or in a potential AFC championship game. But I'll tell you what, they, they when they play, again, that's a big caveat, when, but when they play, I don't think there's a better team in the NFL, both sides of the ball, that also has that talent that they have and the ability to, like you said, play a perfect game. That was a and that Micah Hyde pick in the beginning uh, of the game was th out of control. Dude, the Micah Hyde pick, they even said it. That was actually a good throw. It was incredible. That was a good pass by Mac Jones. Micah Hyde just used his God-given athletic ability to make that catch. It was unbelievable. They are turned. I look, and by the way, I said it. I thought that the uh, I thought Bill Belichick's strategy was going to be to shut down Diggs. Diggs had three receptions. One of them was a, that big forty-five yard gain. So on the other two receptions, he had sixty yards total. He had four targets. 60 yards total. So he had two, you know, six, seven, eight yard catches or whatever. And then one long play when the game was like well out of control and the bills didn't give a fuck because 
Knox had five catches. McKenzie had three. Davis had two. Sanders had two. Beasley had one. Singletary had two. Gilliam had one. Doyle had one. I mean, he spread the wealth. How many? How many of that different receivers? I ten different receivers. Yeah, three hundred eight yards. Five TV TDs. I saw that after the game. I mean, the stat line of giving everyone on your offense some love. Josh Allen just gave everybody a piece. And I like that he admitted he threw that ball away. Oh, I didn't see that. He did? Yeah. He admitted that. He was like, I threw the ball away. I went down. I got up pretty hard. Everybody was celebrating. I didn't know what the fuck happened. So he's he's also not, he's a non-liar. He's an anti-non-liar. Yeah. Look at, look at that. It, it is possible to just tell the truth, people. Yeah. It really is. I like the Bills next week. You like the Bills over the Chiefs. I do. Again, even right, though it's man. an error. I'm going to ride the Ruther curse. Take that Scrooge McDuck money and go all in on the Chiefs money line. You are. Oh, no. I mean, I am now. I am now that you've you've put your you've put your voodoo doll on them. You're just taking the uh, Bills offense and sticking a pin in the Josh Allen doll. You're saying the Chiefs make four consecutive AFC championship games? Think about that. The Patriots never did that. I don't think I could be wrong. I don't think they did. I don't know. Four consecutive. Some LeBron shit from Mahomes. I don't know, but either way, I think that's going to be a good game. I think Cincy Titans are going to be a good game. I think Green Bay, San Francisco is going to be a good game. I think Bucks winner of this, whoever wins tonight is going to be a good game. Yeah, I agree. It, it will be a good game. So we're shaping up for a nice divisional round. Yeah. Well, Dirt Balls, we do have one last wild card game tonight and wild card weekend just got wilder from our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with 30 to 1 enhanced odds when they make a deposit. That means you can bet $5 to win $150 on any team to win any wild card game. Obviously, we're down to the final wild card game tonight. So if you choose either the cards or the Rams, you have those great odds. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's simple and easy to use with generous promotions every day. And when you win, I love this, FanDuel will pay your winnings in as little as two hours. Now, some of you might already have FanDuel. You're thinking, well, how does this help me, Ruther? I already got it. Well, if you already have FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel is hooking up all customers with $50 when they refer a friend, plus your friend will also get $50 too. So don't miss your chance to win $150 off a $5 bet when you use promo code DIRTY when signing up. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, use promo code DIRTY, and pick your wild card team before kickoff. So this show will be out. Pick it before kickoff tonight. Take the cards or take the Rams and win yourself a few bucks. Must be 21 over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only. $10 deposit required. Must wager in designated auto market. Max bonus of $150. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit in 72 hours. Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG or forward slash CO or forward slash IA or forward slash MI or forward slash NJ or forward slash PA or forward slash IA or forward slash VA. 1-800 next step or text next step to 53342 PG.org for chat. That's in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. Tennessee Red Line is 1-800-889-9789. Again, Tennessee. Or visit www.1800gambler.net for Virginia. Okay. I just Somebody just sent me something just on 
unrelated sports news, it looks like Jake Paul might try to fight Mike Tyson, which is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <clears throat> I hope Mike Tyson actually, this will be the first ever one of those ridiculous boxing matches that I watch. Do you, let me ask you this, man, because I, I don't follow boxing, enough, so I don't know enough about it. Like, I know Tyson's older. I think Jake yeah. Paul's a pretty good boxer. Like, like I haven't like, watched any of it, but I've seen him. I've, I've certainly seen clips of him knocking guys out, but I think he's pretty good. And obviously he's a lot younger. I mean, at what point does the age disparity? I think here's what I would say with my limited, you know, I, I watched a lot of boxing over the years. I haven't watched it lately. I, I think I watched a few seconds of the Tyson. What was that? Roy Jones jr. Fight or whatever. That was clearly a exhibition. I, and and this is and I know I know the young kids these days are like there's there's Jake Paul stands out there who like get violently angry about this shit. But I think Mike Tyson is a crazy person. We know that. And he is also old and has transitioned into acting and weed farm and whatever. But my boxing knowledge says if Mike Tyson actively trains to the point where he gets in shape, I think he knocks the dude out because I mean, look at, but dude, George Foreman won the heavyweight title at 50 years old. It wasn't yeah. fighting a, it wasn't fighting a YouTuber. Yeah. I mean, he fought for the, the heavyweight championship. Have you seen any of those training videos of who Tyson? No, dude. It's, it's over the last like couple years. I'll see him online. It, it is insane. Now I haven't seen one recently, but just the the shape that he's in and the movement and the speed which he was always known for. That's the thing, though, Joe. Do, you, you know, in a, in a sport, and especially we're talking about a YouTuber, where stuff is fixed so easily. That's the big question. Yeah, but Mike Tyson's insane. I don't think you're conning Mike Tyson into taking a fall. Well, the one against who did he fight? Was that at Riddick? Who did he Recently? fight? Who did he? Who did he fight? Yeah, the one in the last year and a half. Roy Jones was... Jr. I think, wasn't it? Okay, yeah, I, I, I've mixed. And it was up, a sham. It was up. just a full. Yeah. it was just a full exhibition. exhibition. Yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to go over this real quick. Okay. The. Uh, <clears throat> The, the all pro team for NFL. Okay. Because it was released. Now, how does the all pro team work? Just one guy at every position, basically? Yeah. 22, 22 all proers and special teams? Yeah. I mean, they do do a second team, but the first team is what matters. Right. So, all pro, both conferences, just one position. Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Andrews at tight end. Now, you have three wide receivers. Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel. Left tackle, you had Trent Williams for the Niners. Right tackle, Tristan Wirfs for Tampa. He got hurt yesterday. Uh, left guard, Joel Bintonio. I probably butchered that, butchered that name for the Browns. Right guard, Zach Martin for Dallas. Center, Travis Kelsey for the Eagles. Defense, you have two edge not, rushers. Not Travis Kelsey, but the other Kelsey. Yeah, sorry, Jason, Jason Kelsey. Kelsey. Defense, you have two edge rushers. T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, D-line, Aaron Donald, Cam Hayward, 
linebackers, you have Darius Leonard, Micah Parsons, Devondre Campbell for Green Bay. Cornerbacks, you have Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Ramsey, safeties, Kevin, Kevin Byard for Tennessee, Jordan Poyer for Buffalo, and then you have, of course, your special teams. Um, Who are the safeties? Kevin Byard for the Titans. I know he's real good. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. B-Y-A-R-D and then Jordan Poyer. For the and then Bills. who are the corners? Jalen Ramsey and Trayvon Diggs. I know Trayvon Diggs is an interesting one. He had a lot of interceptions, but he also was a feast or famine guy, in my opinion. I mean, he got, I think he gave up the most yardage by any corner in the league. Like, I love yeah, Jalen Ramsey. That, that, that was the, uh, that's certainly one that's probably, the, that's, I would say, the biggest question mark of the whole thing. I agree. And then Mark Andrews is like, you can't argue against him. You can only argue for other guys, but I'm, I'm, I'm like fine with it. But at the same time, you'd be like, huh, certainly some other guys out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Well, let me, let me do a quick, quick couple calls. Otherwise I think that's a pretty, you know, I don't think there's really any snubs slash, you know, unfair guys in that spot. No, I agree. Let's do let's do two calls and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Joe and Andy, what's going on, fellas? This is Landon, uh, Greater Nashville Area Dirtball. Um, listening to a couple episodes uh, previous to this, and I saw you guys. Uh, you, you were mentioning the head coach of the year debate, asking the question who's deserving and who's not. Um, Vrabel came up, and I just wanted to add some context. Uh, I think Vrabel is the favorite to win this year, just by a little bit, but uh, what people don't realize is that the Titans used 91 players this year uh, to fill out their team, which is an NFL record. Um, I know health and safety protocols are a factor, as well as having an extra week of the season. Um, it would seem, but the Titans broke this record in week 12. So instead of talking about Vrabel for coach of the year, um, I feel like that's not really a question. Um, let's talk about, is this one of the best head coaching and GM combined season of all time? Like we're talking regular season here, boys. Is this one of the top 10 all time? They lost Derrick Henry, their best player, and really the nucleus of their team. And they still got the one seed using 91 players in a super competitive NFL with COVID. Um, I just think it's really impressive and want to hear what you guys have to say. Stay dirty. Well, no doubt about it. I think it's impressive. No doubt about it. I think he's should be you know, rightfully a front runner for that award. Um, but uh, my only, my only caveat is you have, a, you have four free games minimum with the Jags and Texans and you, I know we're talking about the regular season and the 91 players and all that stuff. That's all, that's all the reason I'm saying this is the thing, but like, you know, not to go full Andy Ruther on you here, but like coaches don't get judged on their regular season. Now they do for that award. So that's what I'm saying. Great. Give him the fucking award. But in terms of greatest coaching job ever, if you do all that and then you lose, you get a bye and you lose your first playoff game, was it the greatest coaching job ever? So, uh, yeah, let's, let's, I mean, even honestly, I would say even a, an appearance in the AFC championship game 
with all those things that you just listed, it's right up there for one of the great coaching jobs. I mean, but, the re- yeah, the, the regular season, it, it really is remarkable for them to get the one seed and for them to that many level injuries because they kept beating good team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like yeah. they'd have all those injuries and they'd have no Derrick Henry and they'd win in LA and yeah. they'd win in different places where you're saying, Hey, they're beating good teams. Absolutely. So I want to clarify, we discussed real quick, the chiefs making four straight conference championships. The Patriots made eight, eight in a row, eight conference championships in a row. Wow. Holy shit. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's wrap it up with one last call again. Hotline 310-359-8365. Oh, it's our boy JT from Jersey calling nonstop. I think he just gets high and calls, I which, Hey, good for him. What's up, you dirty motherfuckers. Uh, JT from Jersey. Two part question. Number one, can you give me absolutely any reason I should watch the MLB anymore? Between all the cheating scandals, the labor lockout, Manfred being a fucking cog in the machine, like, what is the reason I should watch? Like, I, I genuinely don't have any anymore. And then part two, would the salary cap fix that at all? Would that even help? Is it too far gone? Uh, you know, I don't know. Let me know. Condoms are for fucking Joe Bartnick. I mean, JT still going hard at the condoms are for Joe Bartnick. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I second everything that you have said. And I took off like a solid 10 years, not from watching baseball entirely, but from really caring about the sport that I, you know, cared about probably more than any growing up. Um, the only reason is because baseball's great. Well, that's, that's the only reason to do it. And I went through eras where I watched a lot of college baseball. I went through eras when I was not watching major league baseball, but I was involved in coaching baseball that whole time I was coaching the, the most baseball I was coaching was when I was watching the least MLB baseball. And that's why, because baseball is awesome. Baseball is a great sport. Well, can I make but, a caveat? Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, look I, here's my thing. Here's my, this is my personal opinion with baseball. I think baseball is extremely boring to watch on TV. I've kind of always felt that way. Now, I like going to games. I don't care the level. I think it's a fun sport. I like that it's social. I like that it's relaxed. I like that you can walk around the stadium you can say hi to friends or family who's ever there. I like that element of it. I like that it's compared to other sports, it's relatively cheap to attend a game, to attend with family. You know, you can get lost in some of these stadiums, like the other stuff. I think it's fun to attend. I, I think on, on TV, I do think it's a different animal for me. Like, I love the NFL, man. Like, I love it. I can, it doesn't matter the game. Now, let me ask you something. Do you find, you know, MLB playoff games, MLB World Series games. Do you find those boring on TV? They're definitely not as boring. There's definitely tons more excitement. But the truth is, so I have two, right? So I have a smaller TV and a bigger TV side by side. If the World Series is playing at the same time 
of a regular season NFL Monday night game or whatever. Titans Jags game. Titans Jags game to get the big TV for me. I think that says it all. That that's I just mean, me. I mean, so here's my thing with play, like when people say baseball is boring mm. on TV, I I'm almost like, listen, you that's kind of part of it for me. I I watch these days you know, I would say 80%. I would say even higher than that. I would say I watch 85% of some part of Mets games. And I almost treat it like, you know, you think you go back to the days where people were like, listen to the ball game on the radio. You know, I know we always like see like, like, like in movies and TV, some guy sitting on his porch, like listening, but like, no one was doing that. It's like, you listen to on the radio, like it's on in your, I'm sure historically it's on in the house. People are doing the shit. Wife's making dinner. The son's fucking doing his homework. The, you know, the dad's reading the paper. The game's on in the background. Like that's part of the beauty of baseball for me is like regular season baseball, 162 games. It's background noise, but you're kind of tuned into it. But like, it's not like I'm sitting there locked in to every pitch of every Mets game of every season. It's like, but 85% of the game, like it's on. Well, I, I think I'm assuming JT is younger. I bet he's 25 or younger. I, I think that's he his call is a microcosm of his generation. And I just think they're bored with it. The league is not done enough to garner excitement. And that's on them. That's on years of just misplaced dedication and misplaced resources. As I mean, far yeah, as I mean, that, and 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 that's why he's absolutely right in in listing all the things, all those things are the reason young baseball fans give up or don't get started. And yeah, they, they listen, first of all, let Prano commish. I can fix all of it. Second of all, I, I almost think I know there's so many people who are anti-salary cap. There needs to be some sort of salary cap. Some. I am open in my, in, you know, submitting my resume as commissioner here to saying like, I'll get a lot of heads in the room and we'll figure out how to make a cap work and make a cap work best. One thing is this ice is 100% for sure. Part of my, you know, platform, which is, and I said this, if you guys, if you did or did not listen to that, I just did a, a guest on that till Mets do us part podcast. I said, I think there should be some sort of floor Yes, for spending. I agree. And I also think that there should be some sort of floor and cap for spending going forward. Like you should almost have to be invested in your team. I need to see you spending X amount of money for the next five years. Now, if that if you're the Nationals and you decide you're going to have you're going to give all of that money to Juan Soto just to have that floor for the next 10 years. Fine. But what I'm sick and tired of is teams not competing or just competing in the moment and being like, we're going to take a run at it with this team and then fuck it. If it doesn't work out, we'll just start it over. Like you should have to invest in your team the same way your fans invest in your team when they show up with their time and their energy and the jerseys and whatever, because I can't just buy a Mets jersey of my favorite player this year. And when he gets traded, return it to you. 
Like you should have to be invested. There should be some sort of floor in investing in your team long-term. I understand that that's the Kansas city Royals and that's the Tampa Bay Rays and the, whatever then the, and the, the A's and their strategy is we, we, it, we can kind of keep moving, but like give your fans the opportunity to root for some guys be invested in your team. I'm talking about over the course of five years, there should be a floor. Yeah. And I also think I'm, I'm a guy who believes that there should be some sort of a cap and we can figure that out too. Yeah. I think there needs to be both. There needs to be a minimum that you spend and there should be a maximum that you can spend. Again, they're, 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 it seems these are simple solutions that the other leagues have implemented and they seem to work and it seems to create some sort of parity and level the playing field. But if I have, if, if I think there's no shot of my team competing, what's the incentive? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I think, I think, I think the NFL is so great and I know it's different and it's probably apples to oranges. You have 162 games versus 17 games now, but like, you never know. Like no one saw the Bengals doing this well. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's always that team every year in the NFL. Where you're like Randy Ruther. Yeah. Like no one saw the Jags making the AFC conference championship five years ago. It's like, there's these teams come out of Except nowhere. Raymond Assey. <laughs> and swing. Man but, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen in baseball because it does, but like, I mean, I know the Reds are going to be bad this year. I'll go to games because it's something to do. It puts me downtown. I like watching games, but a lot of people don't. They just don't have the interest. And again, that's on baseball. The old, the old take my son to the game, and those are great memories, and going to the ballpark with your old man. I think that's a thing of the past. I do. But then that's also something that we talked that we've talked about endlessly on this show and is obviously even more a part of my platform is like that is that has to be where you cultivate your fan base. And when you turn it into, well, I could go to the ballpark today or I could go to Universal Studios for the same fucking price, like kids like explosions and rides and shit like that. You that shouldn't be your competition. You shouldn't be choosing between going to an NFL game or sitting courtside at an NBA game or going to a baseball game or going to Universal Studios. It should be baseball. Baseball should bring in economists, scientists, psychiatrists and go, how do we get guys who are into baseball to bring their kids to eight baseball games a year? This should be our goal. How do we get baseball dads to bring their kid, their, their son, to one baseball game a month? Yeah. The idea of let's get the dad to bring their kid to one game a year and suck him dry is the dumbest strategy for long-term growth that you could possibly come up with. Well, I, th I think the easy solution would just be looking at minor league baseball it's like it's right in front of your face major league baseball minor league baseball is brilliant with their promotions and their marketing strategies to get people in why not implement those 
Your team sucks. Cool. You do a bobblehead. You do like, like why not do more? Oh, you do a bobblehead of of one of your legends. You're getting 75% of that stadium there. You will. You just will. People love that shit. I love it. Oh, it's a bobblehead. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Let's go. People show up early for that stuff. I don't know. Whatever. 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. Give us a ring. Follow us on Andy, Twitter. A couple of things before we go. First of all, uh, I know we talked about it, but do did did you make a, do you think the Rams win tonight? I think I did predict them, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing is I've gotten a few DMs. This is no uh criticism on you or me at all. I'm just putting it out there. Um, the NFL, you know, we're, we're in the throes of, of playoffs, but I've got a lot of DMs like guys, when are you going to talk about other shit? And I'm like, guys, we'll be back. First sure. of all, we'll be back. Um, somebody was like, you, you are you even going to talk about the cam reddish Knicks trade? And it's like, well, first of all, yeah, we'll talk about it. But uh, like, you know, we're, we, we get, what, what do we got? Th- two more, three more weeks here. It's, it's funny. But, you, uh, it's funny. You say that you must've read my mind. I was literally thinking that I was like, we have not done. I have just been all in on NFL. I know you have. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come up, we'll come up with some strategies on how to mix in some other things, but for the, for the two people who are like, I demand your Cam Reddish hot take. Uh, first of all, love that trade. Absolutely love it. What a great move. Kevin Knox didn't turn out quite like the Knicks fans had hoped. Uh, I hope he does turn out that way for somebody else. Uh, but I love the Cam Reddish trade, and I'll here's my Knicks hot take for everybody out there. Trade Julius Randle at the deadline. Get the max value for him. Get the max value for him. You're not a contender to win the NBA championship this year. I love the explosion in the last two weeks of R.J. Barrett. He's going to build around him, build around Cam Reddish, uh, build around these young guys. Get the value for Julius Randle. If Julius Randle loves New York so much and the Knicks love him so much, fuck it. Sign him in the offseason. But he's a free agent. Send him to a contender. Get some draft picks. Maybe get some young player for him. And if you if you love him so much, you have su- if you're such a fucking Julius Randle boner, sign him this offseason. But trade Julius Randle. Okay. Otherwise, I have shows in Encinitas this week. I've got shows in British Columbia, uh, Vancouver area next week. I've got shows in Chicago and then Milwaukee in the middle of February with Eddie Ift. Uh, go to JoePayron.com and check out all my dates. If you are in anywhere in Southern California, if you are in Vancouver area, if you are in the Midwest and follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter at fix your life. I, uh, little fun, fun social media weekend with the dildo joke. I put it up, Andy, you'll like it on my TikTok, And it has, I believe, 700,000 views at this point. So a good, a good Jackson Mahomes is a dildo joke, really. Well, it's funny you say that. I'm so out of it. I didn't even see the tweet or Instagram post until Sunday morning. I, I, I figured. I, I woke up, took my morning shit, was... You know, looking at my phone and oh, whoa, whoa, look at whoa, look at this little tweet going gangbusters. Oh, Prano popping in. You know, it's 20, 
22. And uh, yeah, we're still bullying kids. Whatever. It's fine. Jackson Mahomes deserved it. He danced on Sean, Sean Taylor's grave. Yeah, they're not bullying kids. He, he's he's clearly that was why, you know, by the, listen, by the it, response on that tweet. Yeah. And on Instagram, same post. The response is overwhelming that that young man is not liked. Yeah. Listen, I the, I there was there was a second of pause before I hit send. I was like, you know, do I want? And then I was just like, it's just too good. It's just too good a joke. That's a great totally joke. And it's not that mean. You're calling a kid a dildo. Yeah, he is a dildo. Like he's a total dildo. Yeah. Like if I were of, of all the things you can call a guy, I mean, you know, they did like the guy, the guy's yelling at him from the stands. Mahomo. That's a little too like, I think yeah. he might be gay. Like that's, that's bullying. Me. That's, that's me. But like, I think calling somebody a dildo these days is pretty, pretty tame. But if I get canceled for it, I get canceled for it. You know, a dildo. I think we should bring that back. A good joke. I, I think that's a great. I think, and to be honest, I think it's funnier than calling someone a dick if you call them like stop being such a dildo. Yeah, you're a dildo. I remember the first time I learned about a dildo. You were 26. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was reading it. I was reading a, a raunchy hardcore magazine. I was like fifth grade or something. I was at a buddy's house, you know, his dad had all the, like the hustlers and like the, and it was, it was like a photo you know, shoot. That guy's dick fell off. No, it was like a photo shoot of two lesbians. I'm like, what, what is she? What she, what is that thing? And the one, you know, there's always the one kid who's the expert. He's like, oh, that's, I was like, there's a fake penis. He's like, well, actually it's referred to as a dildo. That's what that thing is. The more, you know, and you can follow us if you want to see the dildo tweet. Ahan uh, Dirty Sports at the Dirty Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, thanks for the support. Well, it was a fun show. Good to have Randy, Randy Ruther on the show. And it was funny. Like we didn't make does a Randy, bet. Does Randy make appearances all, all Mondays after playoff wins or does, does he, do they now have to win the Super Bowl? Maybe. Did he, it's like we made it, but we didn't really make a bet official on the $100 Super Bowl. No, he bet. He bet. He said he bet on the Super Bowl already. Gotcha. Basically, he bet a hundred dollars. I gotcha. I love that you're trying to get some money back here. You get your de- kids down bad. I, I did chirp. I did chirp a buddy. I lost a buddy. I bet I, you. I bet you, Randy Ruther would make a hundred dollars Super Bowl bet with you if you give him the same odds that he got when he made it. I bet you. I. He, I I'm sure he'd double down for twenty to one or whatever it is. Yeah, I did. I did bet a buddy. Who I lost money last week. I go, all right, let's 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 bring it back. Hundred bucks, Titans, Bengals. Silence on that one. We'll see. All right, guys, that's the show. We'll be back in a few days. Enjoy your holiday. That's right. It's a holiday, Joe. We work. We work on MLK Junior Day. We 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 work through all holidays. There's no stopping dirty sports. All right, guys. Thanks for the support. Have a great few days, and as always, stay dirty.